This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, the black cat. The most imaginative picture yet. Blah, I want to suck your blood. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm Troy. And uh, this time... Troy! There's no Brett. No Brett. We are Brettless. Yeah, so just uh, say your own thing that doesn't make sense and swear incessantly as you listen. <laughs> and, and possibly work in the word cat experiment into as many conversations as possible. Which would be zero because that's not a word. Yeah, that was, that was the episode my mom tried listening to for the first time ever. So, the first and last episode my yeah. mom tried listening to that's, ever. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like if she should have asked me first, I might have suggested a better one. But, hey, cat experiment. And uh, this this particular one comes from my dad. He Yes, the uh, Chris's progenitor. Yeah, so... Now you know who to blame, I guess. Yep. The 1934 joint with uh, Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff. So we got some good name power behind this one. Yeah, which is... uh, It's hard to think about what that must have been like because we don't really live in a time where people have that kind of name power anymore. It, it'd be like, I don't know if you had like, uh, like Robert England and... Um, like I don't know, hotter cane, like in a movie together. I guess that would be an equivalent. Yeah, or Sutter Kane, as I like to call him. <laughs> totally not his name. Nope, not at all. But that's what my brain comes up with every time I think of him is Sutter Kane. And um, so this movie is uh real short, uh, an hour and six minutes, I believe. Yeah, it's real short. Real short. It, it may fe- it may feel like an hour and a half, though. Fair warning. <laughs> so we start up with a a train station, and we got some yeah. people getting on a train. Yep, a a lovely couple of Americans on the Orient Express. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Spoilers: No one stabbed them. No. No, there is no murder on this particular Orient Express. Express. <laughs> How are those Express reports going? <laughs> yeah, I'm filing with my TPS reports. You'll see them soon enough. Express. Express. There we go. I'm good at words. I talk good, yeah. Yep, that's why I say a bunch of words and let people listen to them because I'm so good at words. That's why we let Chris do the the reading of the book because he has the best words. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm the the backbone of this podcast. No, you are the we we established Chris, you are the knackered horse of this podcast. That, you are the glue that keeps it together. No, I like when you say knackered horse cuz that seems so <laughs> so good. I'm glad to be that. <laughs> Anyway, so these jerks get on a train. 
And, and the the dude instantly wants to take the the wife down to Pound Town, but she's like, "I'm hungry," and he's like, "For me?" And she's like, "No, no, for food, actually." And he's like, "Oh, yeah, I would love food too." <laughs> I was totally not trying to like sleep with you on this train car the instant we got in here. And then, then uh, I don't know, a conductor, I guess. Is that the right? I'm not hip on train terminology. I, I believe he was a conductor, yes. A conductor shows up. He's like, hey, look, we overbooked this particular train flight. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we need to have uh, this guy hang out. Is that cool? Is that good? Are you good? You look like you're going to do it, but maybe this guy can come in here. Yeah, and they're like, well, yeah, we're getting off in a couple hours anyway, so if he wants to ride with us, that's fine. And he's like, yeah, I'm getting off soon, too, so it'll be fine. Yeah, that's there were several euphemisms in there. Yes, we want, we want to address all of the uh, complicated uh, innuendo that I provided in that sentence. So, uh, it's everybody's uh, pal, Bella Lugosi. Yes, yeah, looking very odd. Uh, like, because I, I kind of they did the credits at the opening. And they actually showed the pictures, like the of the people who were in the movie. And for some reason, I was typing on my phone to Chris, and I missed who Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi were in this movie. And then this dude came out like, "Oh, he totally looks like Dracula. This must be Bela Lugosi." <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he, uh, he hops in the train car. And you can tell he's interested in uh, the wife character on account of the soft focus that happens. Yeah, apparently, like, this, everyone who looks at this woman sees her in soft focus because, <laughs> like, they show her and she's got, like, normal focus. And then they cut to him and they cut looking at her and then they come back to her and she's got, like, this Barbara Walters, like, halo across her. And I'm just like, huh, that's a... That's that's weird, but did this dude have cataracts? Like, I mean, there's like, they had surgery for that back and for that back in the 1930s, right? It's the 1930s shorthand for boner. Yeah, apparently, when all the blood leaves your head and goes to your head, you you develop halo syndrome. I don't know. And they're uh they're all kind of chatting it up a little bit, and uh, everybody takes a little nap. Well, everybody being the uh, the couple, the married the, couple. Yeah, the American married couple. And so uh, Bella Lugosi does a totally not creepy hover hand hair rub. Yeah. Uh, my wife was with that, and she's like, what is he doing? Oh, my God. Like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> and then he gets caught doing it, and the dude's like, just doesn't even acknowledge that this dude was practically stroking his wife's head. It was a different time back then, Troy. Oh, my God. I, I, I granted it was 80 years ago at this point, but ah. I, you've never been in a situation where somebody hover hands your wife's head and you just let it go? No. No, I probably would yell at him and my yelling at him would wake my wife up. My wife would find out what the hell happened and she would beat the guy. Now he hovered and then, it. He and then I would it. cover still. I would and then she would beat him to death and I would cover for her. That's the way it would work. Oh, that's a <laughs> beautiful relationship you have, Troy. Yep, that's 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 the way it has to be. 
or else the beatings will commence. <laughs> so, weird Troy relationships notwithstanding. <laughs> he's just like, oh, oh, I see you caught me uh, hover hand in your wife's hair. Don't worry, there's a totally not reasonable explanation for this. Yeah, she. I have a wife that I left 18 years ago, and your wife reminds me that I had a wife and that I wanted to touch her. So I felt the urge to touch your wife, but I only almost touched your wife instead. Yeah. Also, did I mention I had been in prison for 15 years? Because I totally have, which isn't making this better. Yeah, because yeah, people go to that prison and they don't come out. But I came out. And that's not a horrible thing to say to a person after you hover handed his wife's head. <laughs> no. It's like, they're like, hmm, how can we make him look any creepier? I have some dialogue to, to help with that, but that's really all I got. <laughs> we got Bella Gossi's face, hover hand, and dialogue. And I don't think you get much creepier than that until later in the movie. So um, everybody's now cool with everything because it's 1934 or whatever. So they all uh, share a a bus. I think it's what it what it is. I don't know. It's 1934. I guess it's a bus. It's a, sh- a bus slash shuttle of some kind going to the near the next nearest town, and it's got like you can tell they're used to having warm weather because it's mostly open, but they've got like the canvas flaps that kind of like roll down if needed to keep the rain out. So they, uh, they're heading up to town news name. I forget like gomb, like gomboss or something. Gombosh, something like that. And, uh, we're treated to the worst tour guide ever on this bus. Yeah, he's like, and over here is where thousands of people died, and we piled them up in stacks, 12 people high in this ravine, and then the rivers, they ran with blood. And, oh my god, I can't drive, and fell into a ditch and died. Yeah, of course. (laughs) And because uh, it's 1934, and women are weak creatures, the uh, the woman is somehow knocked out, well, everybody else looks fine. Yeah, she instantly, well, she suffered some kind of minor injury to her right shoulder, but I think just the horror of, like, a car crash just caused her to fall into shock and unconscious. Yeah, she had a bad case of the female hysteria, which was so common back then. Oh, yeah. Yep. Hey, look, I didn't make up those things, Troy. That happened before I was alive. I I understand that there are many problematic concepts from... (laughs) From periods earlier to this, but that doesn't mean Troy. That doesn't mean I have to accept them. (laughs) So uh, they drag uh, themselves out, and 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 the husband carries the wife, as happens numerous times in this movie. (laughs) Wife carrying was a common thing back in the thirties. Yep, apparently. I say like I know. Yeah, because Chris was alive back in the 30s. Yes, I'm much older than I appear. (laughs) Yeah. And also, let's not forget that the the doctor, Lugosi there, he has another guy with him, which is his manservant, I guess. I don't really... The the boss with a pencil mustache. Yeah, don't worry. He's never really introduced. He's just there. No, he's his manservant. He's just like, yep, yeah, this is manservant. Do manservant things. Thank you, manservant. 
And they decide that uh, they're all going to head to Dr. Lugosi's buddy's house. Which was, it is an Art Deco mansion built atop the ruins of some kind of military prison. My my wife thinks maybe it's more Bauhaus than Art Deco, but but I I I know nothing about architecture and such, so it's one and or both of those. Yeah, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't know. I'll let I don't. Know. Flying buttresses are a thing. That's they are a thing yeah. in Gothic architecture. That's all I got about architecture. Yeah. So what's a good name? Flying buttress. It is a good name. Yeah. And they uh they head up to his his place. And, and the door is opened with a combination lock <laughs> like a, like on a safe. Yeah, that's pretty wild. <laughs> and he's got his own manservant there with like I don't know the the most slicked down hair ever. Yeah, it's not slicked back. It's slick and slicked in all directions. Yeah, it's like, here, let's pour a bottle of oil over your head and then push your hair down as close to the scalp as possible. That's, that's your hairdo now. Congratulations, buddy. And so they all roll into the, the mansion. and They're like, hey, look, there's a bus crash. There's a dead guy. These people need a place to stay. I don't know. Tell somebody there's a dead guy. Whatever. We're going to go pump her full of narcotics and call yep. it a night. It's just like in Brett's hometown of Middletown. Yeah. Is that his hometown or just where he lives? That's where he lives. Okay. I actually don't know what Brett's hometown is, and we won't reveal that information on the podcast. <laughs> it's the same as mine. Ah. So, so okay. Frogtown, then. Frogtown. Hell came here once. Yep. <laughs> so uh, they pump her full of narcotics and retire to the exposition lounge to have a chat. Yep. Where they pour the, like, Slaughterhouse Princess level of whiskey. Yeah, he's like, I I'll take a drink. Uh, I'm an American, so make it whiskey. So Slickback is all like, oh, oh, I get it. You're American. You need whiskey. So you need a 16-ounce tumbler of fucking whiskey. <laughs> yep. A full pint of whiskey, sir, as you ordered. <laughs> he's like, uh, what? Oh, okay, I guess I'll drink this whole thing. When in place I forget. When in Hungary, drink all the fucking whiskey. And they're uh, they're having a little chat, and everybody in here is just classy as fuck. Everybody oh. wearing a three piece suit. Yep. Talking super classy. And we forgot about Boris Karloff being woken up in the middle of the night with his illuminated wall. Yeah. Yeah, which turns on from the lamp, which doesn't turn on, but turns on the wall. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. So they head up to the house, and someone knocks on the door. And so they cut to this bedroom with, like, 20, 30-year-old blonde chick in a nighty in it. And then some, like, shadowed dude. And then they hear the knock, and then he reaches for the lamp, pulls the, the little switch on the lamp. And the wall illuminates. <laughs> And he stands up, and you can totally tell it's Boris Karloff, because it's got, like, that Frankenstein monster's silhouette. And you know they were just doing that for effect. That was the only reason that shot was in there, was to be like, hey, guys, we got Boris Karloff. Just check it out. Doesn't he totally look like the 
Frankenstein's monster silhouette. That's great. We paid money for Boris Karloff. Yeah, and just just <laughs> for the record, the soundtrack slash score to this movie is about as subtle as getting kicked down a flight of fucking stairs. Yeah. It is crazy loud and in your face the entire time. And it's all like wow. It's all it's all music you know too. It's like they didn't even have like original score. They were just like and now we're going to play like this march that you know and this like and this sonata that you know and this other thing that you know. And I was like so much the soundtrack is like man this sounds so familiar. And I was like I guess they don't didn't do original soundtracks back in the 30s? Yeah. He says with an audible question mark at the end. So just keep in mind, whenever we bring up a plot point, the music is reflecting this in a crazy, loud, bombastic fashion. Yep. Yeah, the music, the the emotion of the music was turned up to 11, possibly 12, and the volume was definitely at 10 the entire time. Yeah, and... The music doesn't even necessarily reflect the tone of the scene. No, because so like important to keep in mind. Because that piece of music that they were playing wasn't finished yet, so they had to finish that piece of music before starting another one. Even if the scene had moved on, that's fine. <laughs> but that notwithstanding. So now uh, everybody's hanging out in exposition lounge and. They're having a little chat about how uh, Dr. Uh, What's-His-Head and the other guy. Dr. Lugosi and Engineer Karloff. So they're talking back and forth about how they have some sort of history with one another. And uh, as they're talking, Homeboy shows up, American man. Orders like a gallon of whiskey, apparently. And they're, uh, they're talking a little bit being you know nice and whatever and then a cat shows up where uh dr lugosi throws loses uh, loses all of his shit and it looked it was a fucking cigar i don't know what you saw but he picked up a cigar off the tray and threw it at the cat and you hear you like cat noise and then later on boris karloff says something about him killing the cat i was like he killed a cat by throwing a fucking cigar at it like what the fuck I'm pretty sure it wasn't a cigar. I'm just going to say that. Chris, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> but now, what, what, what did it look like to you? It looked like a cigar to me. What did it look like to you? I mean, I assumed it was a knife because, of course, it fucking wasn't a cigar. <laughs> but it was like, like oblong and ovoid looking it wasn't sharp it was a cheese knife i don't fucking know man i wasn't alive <laughs> in 1934 <laughs> or was i don't remember what the canon of this is anymore you were chris oh i was alive in 1934 <laughs> that was yeah. not a cigar because i was there on set <laughs> you went from there to milk money it was actually your second movie yeah i took a a brief 60-year hiatus in my film acting <laughs> career. And then you only got scale yeah. after that. It wouldn't even let me go to the craft service place. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? You're like, I'm a growing boy. I need food. Yeah. I risked a sexual assault to get on this movie. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky that Dan Schneider didn't uh, direct it. That's for sure. Yikes. 
That's right. I'm calling out Dan Schneider. I'm brave that way. Anyway, so after the cigar cat murder, Mrs. America shows up and yammers something nonsensical. And, and then Dr. Yeah, Mr. America's like, let's take her back to bed. And then he's talking to Dr. Lugosi, and Dr. Lugosi's like, oh, yes, narcotics can open you up to to being a medium and channeling the spirits of the dead. And he's like, and I was like, hmm. So you're saying, like, the entire, the entire town of Middletown is just full of psychic mediums? It is now. <laughs> Which would work better if Brett was here. Because Brett likes to make jokes about Middletown, but I got to do it in his absence, apparently. Well, I mean, you didn't have to, but. Well, I mean, they were like the subject of a whole Vice episode. That's true. Middletown, (laughs) shithole question mark? (laughs) Shithole exclamation point. (laughs) It's a terrible Uh, title for something. Yeah, but but Brett's making it better one day at a time. So, uh, Mr. America's like, well, I better carry my wife back to bed because she's a weak woman and can't just walk there. So, nope, nope. She must be carried at all times. And he puts her back to bed and then walks, I don't know, across this mansion to his bedroom. Oh, no, because, uh, Boris Karloff is like, or Engineer Karloff is like, Dr. Lugosi, here is your room. And the next room is like, Mr. American, dude, this is your room. And then Dr. Lugosi is like, hey, Mr. American, dude, you want to swap rooms because my room adjoins your wife's room. And he's like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And then they get in the rooms, but their rooms have a connecting door. And Dr. Lugosi's like, hey, you want me to leave this door open? And the American's like, fuck, yeah, there's no way I can get to sleep in a room all by myself. I got to have doors open to other people's rooms to get to sleep. I can't sleep in a room unless it's set up like an econo lodge. And that is, I, and I'm not joking. Okay, I'm joking a little bit. But the dude, like, basically says, oh, yeah, like, I can't, like, I can't get to sleep. But, like, if there's, if I'm not, like, don't have a door open to someone else's room. I mean, it's just, it's weird. It's weird, Chris. It's weird. It is weird. You don't have crazy adjoining bedrooms with random people at your house? No, like when people visit my house, I like close my door and then I like put things in front of my doors so that like no one can open it. Oh, I always make people who come to my house sleep in the weird adjoining bedroom. And I'm like, you're going to hear fuck noises. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you look them directly in the eye the entire time. Yeah, I say that to people on the street in fairness. (laughs) I just walk up to somebody. You're going to hear fuck noises. (laughs) Chris is on the bus. Drops his change into the little thing and then looks at the bus driver's like, you're going to hear fuck noises. And then goes to the back of the bus. Yep. And he's like, uh, <laughs> all right. I mean, as long yep. as I just hear him this time, don't have to he's say like, anything. He's like, just just pull the ding string when you got to get off the bus. That's that's the rule. Oh, I get off on the bus normally. <laughs> By pulling the ding string. Oh, so many euphemisms. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, uh, my my dog's giving me a funny look now. I just just want to point that out to our cool. listeners. Yeah, <laughs> she gave me a funny look and went, 
Yeah. And then turned away from me. Well, you did say fuck noises a couple of times. <laughs> and ding string. So, uh, anyway, everybody's now hitting the old sack. And Engineer uh, Karloff shows up. And there's the room switch. So he yeah. just busts in the door. He's like, we have certain business to attend to. Oh, Dr. Lugosi? Oh, you're the American guy. Oh, my my bad. That This is weird. I'm yeah, like, yeah. going to go over here. Is that... We're, we're, we're yeah. cool. you just... it, it, it's a good thing you left that door open so that I can just kind of just stroll into the other room rather than have to wake him up also. And uh, American guy's like, no, I get this all the time when staying in weird people's Bauhaus slash Art Deco mansions. This is totally normal. Go yeah. ahead and go in there. Although I did like the American guy made a joke about how if he ever wanted uh, someone to uh, design his... Uh, his friendly neighborhood insane asylum, he would suggest Dr. Kurt, Engineer Karloff. Uh, yeah, the jokes don't hit real good on account of they're 80 years old, but... Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Engineer Karloff heads over to see Dr. Uh, Lugosi. Lugosi. And he's like, look, look, look. Just remember, Bill Lugosi is dead. Oh, fair enough. Because Boris yeah. Karloff's alive? Well, I, well I, Bauhaus has nothing to say about Boris Karloff. The, what, the band? I'm confused. What's happening right now? Yeah, the band. They have the song, but Lugosi is dead. It was it was like the opening track to The Hunger, <laughs> which we did on the podcast, Chris. I remember David Bowie was a vampire. Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> I might be drunk, but I'm not stupid. Oh, he says these things. <laughs> I probably both of those things. <laughs> yeah. And or we'll just throw an and or in there for the listeners. So. Uh, Engineer Karlov's like, look, look, there's been certain accusations leveled at me about wife murders. And I just want to show you that she's totally dead but held up by her hair in a weird glass coffin in my basement. So that's cool, right? We're still yeah. close. Yeah, because, and he has a bunch of other women just kind of like embalmed in glass cases throughout his fort house. Like, and, and children as well? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, like the dude's just walking and he's like, Carrying a cat the whole time because the cat that was killed by the cigar apparently was not totally dead, just kind of appeared dead for a little while. He got better. Hey, dude, he did get better. He, he, it's the cat is the black cat is undying, like evil itself. Whoa, man, that's deep, bro. I, I'm pretty sure that's actually a quote from the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I watched it 46 minutes ago. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, it. to be fair, it's been almost as long as the movie since you've watched the movie. <laughs> I guess that is fair. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Uh, Lugosi, he doesn't take this whole dead wife in a glass coffin thing great. Yeah, it's like, what about my daughter? Oh, your daughter died too. Yeah, she's just regular dead, though. She's not weird, creepy shrine dead. Yeah. Because that would be creepy to, to like take your tiny little 
newborn daughter and embalm them and suspend them in a glass case. Yeah, he's not a weirdo. Yeah. That because that's just that's a bridge too far. So he uh he doesn't take the news super well. And he, you know, does the whole like freak out thing. Smashes up the glass thing. I don't know what the fuck it was. Oh, yeah. So this cuz the his wife is stored in the chart room that used to handle the uh so that used to they used to have to plot the the angle and trajectory of the shells they would fire from this fort. So they had like a big like chart like graph chart up on the wall where they could plot, you know, range and distance and all that fun stuff. And he just crashes through it because it's 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 not whiteboard, it's not paper, but it's some kind of like porcelain or something. Yeah, or or maybe maybe glass. I don't know. It was like white though. So maybe it was like colored glass white glass that was colored white. I don't know. It was weird. It was weird to modern standards. It probably wasn't weird at the time. Fair enough. I don't know, Chris. Was it weird back in 1934? No, we considered that normal. <laughs> that was just par for the course. Every so often, you'd go into a basement of a place and it was full of weird embalmed glass coffins and uh, glass chart walls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it just reminds me one time I was I was taking a physics text a physics test in college and we had to like derive the formula to calculate the distance a cannonball would travel fired at a certain angle with a certain amount of force which and this is only going to fall only going to land for people who know who understand certain levels of math but I derived it and I came up with a negative number underneath a uh, square root sign. And I was pretty sure I had just bombed that question because uh, I'm, negative numbers under square root signs are imaginary numbers. But I got full credit for that question. So I was like, great. I just proved that physics is bullshit. Congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's my story. It's it's a math joke. That's a, that's good. It's good that you broke physics, I guess. Uh, yeah, there's some. I I deal in imaginary physics, not real world physics. You have a theoretical degree in physics? Nope, <laughs> not in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> so anyway, all these jerks are uh, doing stuff. What's happening? I don't remember. Uh, they fell through a chart wall, and then it's the morning, and Dr. Lugosi wants to get uh, the married American lady naked while her husband eats breakfast. Obviously. And then as he's trying to get her to show him his, her dressing, <laughs> uh, Engineer Karloff walks in and is like, oh, yes, by the way, um, hi, I'm your host. Oh, please don't mind me. I'm just your host. Whatever the doctor needs to do. And they uh, they both retire to the chess lounge where they're going to play a chess game over the fate of the Americans because Dr. Lugosi knows that Engineer Karloff is going to keep them both there forever and ever and put them in his glass menagerie. Yep. 
Ooh, nice yeah. word. Yeah. It's not as good as a scuzzy port joke, but still pretty good. Well, yeah, but I say words like menagerie, so. <laughs> oh, I still can't believe Brett pulled out a scuzzy port. Even if it's a, even if someone else's joke, the fact that he could pull out a scuzzy port joke. You know, I've known Brett for the better part of <laughs> over 20 years, and I didn't think he would make a scuzzy joke. <laughs> It's still blowing my mind. Like a week later, my mind is still blown by that. <laughs> so, um, now so listen to our last episode to hear me lose my shit over Brett making a scuzzy joke. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. He totally loses his shit over it. <laughs> yep. So now they're playing this high stakes game of chess over who gets to either murder or release these guys. Yep. And uh, the local uh, police, Constab- I guess, show up. Constabulary. The the lieutenant and the sergeant, as they are credited in the credits of the movie. And they're uh, they're on the scene to get some information about this bus crash that happened. And then they get into a fight over whose hometown's better. Yep. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty good. Because... Yeah, because, you know, the, the sergeant's like, oh, yeah, my hometown, it's great. It's blah, 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 blah. And it, there's this and there's that. And the lieutenant's like, yeah, you should go on to the hotel and gobosh or gombosh or whatever the name of the gamosh. I don't remember the name of the place was. It's in Hungary. And, and like the sergeant has to get the last word as they're going out leaving. He's like, and remember, my town. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. good. And they're like, so what happened? Like, oh, well, the, it was raining and the driver drove off the fucking road and died. Yeah, and they're uh, like, that makes sense. Yeah, that sounds good. And and who are you? It's like, well, I'm Dr. Lugosi and this is the American. And they never mentioned his wife. Did you notice that? Uh, what, what's he going to do? Carry her down there? I mean, <laughs> I mean, they never say, oh, yes. And the other passenger who happens to be female and therefore still matters was on there. No, no, no. They're like, oh, and no one else who matters is here. So let's just continue uh, on. The men were handling it, Troy. I don't see what yeah. the problem is here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, be sure to hashtag misogyny when we're referencing this episode. Yes, thank you. So uh, anyway, the, uh, the Keystone cops all take off. And the chess match is lost by Dr. Lugosi. And he's like, oh, man, this is going to mean you're going to involve them in your weird black mass ritual for Satan, right? Right, because uh, Engineer Karloff was reading the Gideon's Black Bible before bedtime. Yeah. And, and uh, maybe we found all about how, like, the dark of the moon is when the, you know, Lucifer's servants do blah dee blah and such and such while they serve his evilness. So the, and he, at some point, he tells Boz, his manservant, not to murder anybody until he gets the sign. Yeah, he's like, and you're going to be Engineer Karloff's servant until I tell you you're not. Because he wants his revenge, but not just yet. No, because revenge is a dish best served during Black Mass. Yeah, it's not apropos just yet. Nope. Apropos of something, though. Yeah, it's not of nothing. So, uh, 
old uh, American man. He's like, man, I don't know about all this. This is this is weird. Let's get out of here. Yeah, and he's like, like you just just go. Don't, don't worry about bringing your luggage. We'll send for it later because. I mean, people who try to kidnap you totally will just hand over your luggage when you ask for it later. And and then he goes into his luggage he's like, wait, where's my automatic? Because, you know, Americans have to have automatic pistols on them at all times, apparently, while traveling through Hungary. Yeah, that was the most American thing he could have possibly said. Where is my automatic handgun so I can shoot people <laughs> of a different nationality? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, somebody apparently swiped it. And so he was like, he comes down with his wife and he tells Slick Down, hey, uh, we need a car. We need a, a, a ride to the station so that we can take a train. Or if we can't take a train, at the very least, we can get a car to the next town where we can take a train. And Engineer Carl's like, oh, yeah, sure. Go get the car, Slick Down. It'll be. And he's like, I was like, sure, let me go get the car. And he comes back. Ah, the car is broken, sir. I won't be able to fix it until tomorrow. And they're like, okay, fine. Um, why don't I just like make a phone call instead? And we'll get the hotel to send some uh, car here to pick us up and take us to the hotel. And he's like, yeah, sure. Slick down. Take him to the phone. And so Slick down takes the phone. And shockingly enough, the phone doesn't work. Bum, bum, bum. What a twist. Yeah. And so uh, they decide they're going to hoof it. So they, they go to head off. But uh, Dr. Lugosi's manservant standing in front of the uh, combination door. And he fucking Vulcan neck pinches the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like bitch slaps the, uh, the American woman and knocks her ass out. Yeah. And they take American man or, down. To I'm the sorry. Room. He he pimp slaps her. He doesn't bitch slap her. Hashtag misogyny. Yep. And then he uh, they take Mister American down to spinny room. Which yeah, which is the coolest fucking room. I wish I had a room that spun. Because like they go in the room, throw him in there, press the button, and it turns, and you can't get out of the door. They press the button again, it turns to another door. They push the button again, turns to a non-door, push the button again, it goes back to the first door. I mean, like, I wish I had a room I could do that with. Yeah, it's pretty great. So, uh, now he's got everybody trapped just in time for the black mass that's going to occur. Yeah, with, like, the weirdest cross ever. I expected, like, an upside-down cross. Not like a, like a weird cross slanted at 45 degrees with two crossbars on it. Well, you can't be too upside down crossy in 1934. I know because I was there. <laughs> okay. I guess we'll have to take Chris's word for that. All the all the black masses Chris went to didn't have upside down crosses. There was a lot of that in 1934. It's a different time. Don't judge us. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, uh. And at some point, I don't remember when. It's it's funny because this movie is an hour long and I forget. But uh, at some point, old blondie wife shows up and she's talking to uh, Mrs. American. And she's like, hey, what's up? Do I know you? And she's like, I don't think so. And she's like, yeah, my dad's Dr. Lugosi. 
And she says, Bwah? Dr. Lugosi's here. And she he's says, my... No, nah, he's dead and shit. Yep. And then a blonde and American girl's like, no, he's totally not dead. He's, he's here. And then Engineer Karloff walks in and apparently, like, domestic abuses her to death? Yeah, off screen. <laughs> off screen? Hashtag misogyny? Well, that one's not on us, but... No. And uh, so now the Black Mass is in full effect. All of the Black Massers are there. Yep. They, they show up in white clothes, but then they put black robes over them. Oh, messy. Yeah. And then they, they push out uh, American Lady, who kind of just like passes out on the cross for no discernible reason. Oh, she's she's got a woman's constitution, hashtag misogyny. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> and then they start doing the black mask, but then shit happens. Yeah, somebody I, has I, some kind of episode. I don't really know what happens. Yeah, I don't remember what happens exactly, but it gets disturbed. Wah! And, uh, yeah, and then uh, the boss shows up and starts, like, Wrecking shit or steals the American chick or something. Yeah. They abscond the American girl and take off into the catacombs underneath the place. And she's like, where's the uh, where's American man? And he's like, hey, I am Dr. Lugosi. We don't have time for this. Do you want to get out or you want to get murdered in a black bass? Right. Because it seems like your priorities are kind of fucked right now. I believe Christy mean murderly erdlerd. I don't mean that at all. No, no, I'm pretty sure you do. Okay. I do. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, Slickback's down there, and he's like, uh-oh, I better pull out my piece. And then uh, Boz gets shot, but not before he murders him somehow. Murdered the murderers him? I'm yeah, how he beats him, to, it now. <laughs> beats him to death, I think, with his fisticles. And then uh, Dr. Lugosi's like, look, just calm down. I'm trying to help you here. Obviously, this is going poorly for you. I did just pull you out of the black mass. Hello. Yep. And your husband's down here somewhere in a rotating room. And he manages to get out of the rotating room with the aid of a match and a switch, which seems like a real big oversight to me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it wasn't a safety match, so he didn't have to strike it on the box. He could just like flick it with his finger, apparently, and light it. Okay, not the match. The match is fine. Is the fact that they put him in a room to keep him prisoner that he could easily escape from with the aid of a switch on the wall. Well, yeah, but without the match, he wouldn't have been able to see the switch on the wall. He probably wouldn't have been able to escape. Well played. Yeah. So he gets out and he starts looking around. But in the meantime, Engineer Karlov shows up and uh, is like, oh, ho, ho, this isn't how this is going down. But then Boz shrugs off a gunshot wound to the abdomen long enough to uh, break up the ridiculous fight they've gotten into. They being Engineer Karlov and Dr. Lugosi. Yeah. And ridiculous in the sense that it's ridiculous. Like, it's it's 1934, okay? We didn't have a whole lot of, of fight choreography yet. I'll admit that. No. Yeah, this is no, like, Raid Redemption shit going on here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's no like crouching tiger, hidden dragon, 
No. It is it's, the polar opposite of the hallway scene in Old Boy. Yep. <laughs> so they uh, tumble to the floor like a bunch of octogenarians fighting over, I don't know what they would fight over, bingo or something. <laughs> I don't know, Chris. What would octogenarians fight over since you were alive in 1934? <laughs> hashtag ageist. <laughs> I know. I forgot about the cryo sleep you went through for most of that period. Yeah, that's why I have my rugged good looks still. Your your youthful appearance appearance. Yeah. So they uh, they're scrapping, and Boss shows up, and they get the uh, upper hand. Team uh, Doctor Lugosi. So Doctor Lugosi straps him into some sort of stocks. I don't really know what the fuck it is. And he's like, oh, looks like the tables have turned. I'm going to skin you like an animal. You know what? That's like shitty. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, we've gotten into flensing now. Wonderful. And uh, Mr. America shows up and he's like, hey, what are you doing? Don't be mean to my lady friend who's trying to get the key and you're just trying to help. But I'm misconstruing this. So I'm going to shoot you. So he shoots him. That's what. Yep. Yeah. And then, and then Dr. Lugosi is like, don't you understand that I was trying to help you this entire time? Blah. Yeah. Blah. Blah. As he dies. Yeah. So he's like, oh, get out of here, you crazy kids. I'm going to set off the dynamite in the, the place that I know how to set off because plot convenience. Yeah. One switch does one thing. This other switch sets off all the dynamite in five minutes. Or 42 seconds, depending. I don't... Well, it's five minutes until I hit this other switch, and then it just goes off when I hit this other switch. And Mr. and Mrs. America run out as the building explodes, and they hop in a car and get back on a train, and he gets an unfavorable review of his novel in a newspaper. And that's the end. No, really, that's that's how it wraps up. I'm not making that up. Nope, nope, that's how it finishes. And that's the Black Cat, circa 1934. Do you have any thoughts, Mr. Troy? I do. Um, so, yeah. So, given the context that this is an 80-year-old movie or 84-year-old movie at this point, um, it's okay. It's it's nice that it's only an hour long. If this had been an hour and a half long, I probably would have just felt like it dragged on for my entire life. Uh, but it's, it's okay. I mean, the dialogue is a little weird because one, it's like 80 years ago and two, they probably hadn't really figured out how to write natural dialogue for movies yet at that point, considering that, uh, you know, I'm, my wife was wondering if this is going to be a movie with actual speaking or if it was a silent movie at the age of night, it being a 1934 movie. So there's that. Um, it's, I don't know. I just feel like I could say it's a resounding. Okay. I don't, if you like old movies, watch it. I think you'll probably appreciate it. Uh, it's kind of like a crappy Rosemary's baby plot wise. I would probably rather watch Rosemary's baby than this. Even though it's a Roman Polanski movie, which has its own set of uh, issues. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the movie is still 
I mean, Rosemary's Baby is still a good movie, no matter who directed it. But I don't know. It's so it's okay. I mean, if you like old movies, watch it. If you don't, I probably would skip it. How about you, Chris? I think it it holds up pretty well for a movie of this vintage. There's a lot of movies of this era that are they're they're classics. And I would even be willing to concede I can understand how this is a classic. You got two of the the heavyweights of the time frame, especially for the genre, yeah. in the same movie. Like uh I can't really think of a real relevant modern equivalent to this because I mean it's Freddy versus Jason really is the equivalent. Yeah. Except for this is a lot better in that regard. Yeah, I mean it's it it's not the characters, it's the actors, I guess. And I, but in a lot of the it doesn't hit as well as you might want because of uh it's eighty years old. Stuff's just different now. It's it is nice to see both of these dudes doing their thing. I, I mean, you can you can see why they were so well uh, renowned at the time for doing what they do. They both yeah. do a good job. I mean, Karloff is super creepy in it. I will admit. Yeah, and both of them. Th- there's a lot of subtlety in this that you don't get anymore with just uh, messing with stuff on in the scene or just uh, actual acting with like facial expressions or I'm looking over here at a guy or whatever. Yeah, it's, uh, but it's hard to. It's hard to recommend. For a contemporary audience. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that Brett would have hated this movie. Yeah. I can definitely say that if you're into an old movie, this is probably one of the better ones. It's short. It doesn't overstay its welcome. You get to see two greats of the time do their thing. And it's a lot better than some of the stuff I've seen of this vintage, at least so far as holding up. A lot of stuff that's this old... It, it it the pacing's weird, the dialogue's weird, the everything's weird just to our modern sensibilities. But I can see how this would have been a big deal back in the day. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I recommend solely for kind of a checkbox kind of a thing. You should watch yeah. this just to check it off of the list of shit that I've seen that's relevant to my interest in horror movies. Yeah, I mean if you're gonna be like, well I if you're gonna watch every like Robert England horror movie, you should watch this because Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff are, you know, were probably bigger deals than England was in his heyday. Even, yeah, I would say that on the the Slaughterhouse Princess scale, I've seen a hell of a lot worse than this, but I've also <laughs> seen better. This probably yeah. lands pretty solid in the middle. Yeah. Where at, at the worst thing I can say is kind of meh. But I guess that's that. Yep. And next up, I forget. Wait, give uh, me a second. I know I forget. It's, what if it was cold, Chris? How do you keep warm? Oh, uh, small kerosene heater. <laughs> yes. The next movie is small kerosene heater. The David Cronenberg joint. Shiver. <laughs> <laughs> shivers yeah shivers with an s it's more than one shiver yes <laughs> as recommended to us by super fan todd yeah 
Thanks, super fan Todd. You're our number one fan, and we we remember that and appreciate it. We do. So we're watching the uh, yeah the uh, the Canadian joint uh, Shivers by David Cronenberg. What if other people wanted to recommended movies? I can't remember the names of. How would they do that, Troy? Well, they would go to our Facebook where we are Slaughterhouse Princess. They could go to our email at slaughterhouseprincesspodcast at gmail.com. They could go to our subreddit, r slash SHP podcast. Uh, on Twitter, we are at Slaughter Prince, which is Slaughter Princess with no vowels in princess. Um, they could go to our Discord at discord.slaughterhouseprincess.com. And I think that's all the ways to really good ways to contact us. But if you would like to listen to us, you could you could uh, do it however you already did. Or other options are iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, uh, Podbean. Uh, any other uh, podcast aggregator could use the RSSS feed, which is found at SlaughterhousePrincess.com, where you'll find all our old episodes and other random bits of stuff. Uh, if you would like to pledge to our Patreon, you could do so at patreon.slaughterhouseprincess.com. And if you would like to buy comically huge uh, tapestries, you could go to our store at store.slaughterhouseprincess.com. And I, th- I think that's it, right? Yeah, that seems fair. Go to discord.slaughterhouseprincess.com to check out our Discord where we hang out and talk to people who talk to us. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I think that is, oh, and you also, apparently we have a YouTube channel that I think there are some YouTube videos on, Yeah, which I mostly just YouTube videos of our podcasts. And the, I think the, uh, the hundredth episode spectacular is on there. Oh yeah. Night of the living dead where we watched it in real time. And I complained about that. The woman just being unconscious the entire time. Yeah. So Check that out before it gets copyright stricken into oblivion. <laughs> Again. Again. Even though there's no copyright copyright on that movie at all. <laughs> well, I mean, that German music company certainly thought there was. Yeah. Well, I mean, they used your movie. They used it in the movie, which is public domain. So F you, German music company. Yep. But come back next time. We're going to watch Shivers, a David Cronenberg joint. Yes. We're at Star Wars Princess. Uh, other other podcasts think about movies. We drink about movies. Yell bye here. Bye! I hate it when it goes glub glub in my mouth. <laughs>